0: Welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Before we get into tonight's program, I just want to say thank you to all of you who have been sending emails with your guest suggestions and comments. Uh, can't say how much it's, it's awesome. And if you include your phone number in the email, I will definitely call you. I will give you a call. I want to hear about your awakening, where you are, and any ideas or feedback. I love talking to you. We've got a great feedback, a great call with Araldi. This gentleman told me on Friday, he's like, You know what? The Adolimit Truth Radio Show is in my top three shows that I listen to. I was like, I I can't believe it. I, I cracked someone's top three. I've never been in the top three of anything before. I'm not even in the top three of my wife. I mean, it's the dogs first, then ice cream, then game of thrones. I'm like number eleven, but I'm in someone's top three. And I going to tell you that was like it was probably the happiest moment of my entire life. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Ravi. You, you're awesome. <laughs> Jeez. I'm definitely got to get checked in to see someone pretty soon, one of these days. Anyway, our program for tonight is going to feature a gentleman who was on our show four years ago, one of our first guests. He reached out to us. He has got a very interesting father, very interesting background. His father is probably going to be compared to the next Edgar Casey one day. Hopefully you know, we'll get more people talking about him, but incredible. I don't really know how to describe it any other way than it's just intriguing. So let us begin tonight's program. Welcome back to the program. For the first time in four years is Philip Smith. If you don't recall, he is the author of a phenomenal book called Walking Through Walls, a memoir. And this gentleman, his artwork and paintings are featured in 12 museums. Incredible across the country. So he's doing a lot. You can learn more about Mr. Philip Smith by going to his website at walkingthroughwallsthebook.com and another website called philipsmithart.com and Philip is one L, so it's philipsmithart.com. Mr. Smith, welcome back to the program. Such a great pleasure and honor to have you with us today, sir.
1: Equally, I'm uh, I'm so pleased you called.
0: Thank you. So, the first time we talked, Talked about your father, a very unusual individual, especially for his time, and be even considered unusual mm-hmm. today. We call him modern day Edgar Casey, where he had all these incredible experiences. He was able to communicate with beings. He had guides that were with him. He knew where you were. I just love the uh, the original story he told. How has your father, I'd say in the last couple of years, how has he continued to impact your life and evolution?
1: Oh boy! Well, it's it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot that it, there's a lot of answers to that question. One of the interesting things is that the culture is finally catching up to my father fifty years later. Um, you know, when I was a kid, this is like in the '50s and early '60s. He was already juicing. He was doing yoga. He was working with crystals and he was meditating. All these things that every millennial is now doing <laughs> and taking for granted he was like a weirdo. I would go to school during show and tell. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I was maybe in, let's say, fourth or fifth grade. And they'd say, what does your father do? And I'd say, well, my father wakes up every morning, does yoga. And so my teacher was from Tennessee and she'd say, now what in the hell is yoga? So we've come (laughs) a long way. So my father, in a way, he was really, uh, like an astronaut and he, he blazed the path for all these people to, to change their lives. But now I'm waiting for the second, uh, the second phase and that is for, for the revolution to come in medicine. And, and it is coming with intuitive medicine because he was able through dowsing and through his intuition to, uh, you didn't even have to be in the room. He could, he could tell you what was wrong with you, where the tumor was located how many centimeters the tumor was, how long it's been there, what caused it, and that's where we need to get in medicine. That's really the next leap so that that we're not sort of poisoning people uh, with medication and radiation and surgery. You know, 250,000 people a year die from medical errors. Um, their are medication errors. They, they cut off the wrong leg. They took out the wrong appendix, whatever it is, and um, so in other words, The medical profession, while they save a lot and they do a lot of good for people, they kill more people, you know, all the terrorism that we worry about in the world, which is horrific. I mean, the medical profession one year does far more damage, and we need to make the medical profession more in sync with the – I would say, the genius of the body and, and treat the body as this incredible um, work of art that it is and really find a way to, to heal it without the poisons.
0: Well, Mr. Smith, I yep. think that is awesome. And I wonder if that revolution has actually been upon us for a number of years. But it is probably I'm thinking that it's being prevented by the pharmaceutical industries and the medical industries because – if there is a fierce resistance against this type of treatment, knowing how much money could cost the pharmaceutical industries, That's why I always wonder. I'm sure there's a cure for cancer. I'm sure there's a cure for a lot of other ailments. But if you find the cure, what are you going to do to, to, to make money? What's How are you going to compensate yourself for that? Do you feel that way at all? Or do you think that this is going to happen regardless of the, these industries, regardless of how hard they push back?
1: Um. I think. Well, I hope it will happen. I mean, just in the way that wind and solar are happening, or disruptive technologies like like Uber um, uh, are happening, or you know, we've had electric cars since the 30s, or the 40s, the or 50s, the 60s, and 70s, and they have those electric cars have always been put out of business by the oil industry. But now, you know, Tesla took over, and boom, we have electric cars. I think that what will happen is there will be uh, – it, it will happen outside the medical profession because these men and women who go to medical school, um, they they go into enormous debt. They they work incredibly hard, uh, and they come out, and, and they don't get – frankly, they don't get paid that well by the insurance company. When I see reimbursement, what people – what doctors get, I have a lot of friends who are doctors, it's appalling that, you know, some guy who will save someone's eyesight – at the end of the day, get $60 from Medicare for saving this person. It is the pharmaceutical industry, but it's also, it's everything. It's the insurance companies because these doctors, if, if let's say, you go into them and you have cancer and they say, listen, um, I've heard there's this Chinese herb, and if you take curcumin and, and uh, I don't know, resveratrol and a couple other things and green tea, you know, it'll actually shrink the tumors. They can't afford to do that in case the person dies and then they get sued. So their liability insurance, it's just a it's just a very bad system, and um, there, there's there, I think what will happen is more and more people will get uh, healed and cured in an alternative fashion, and as a result, more and more people will go in that direction. Uh, and and they'll uh, still be doctors, but uh, they'll be doing other things.
0: Right now, for somebody who hasn't heard the very first show that we did together, which we're going to post a link to, I'm sure they're probably going to be asking a question. I'd be asking, how did your father? had the capability of being able to diagnose people from across the room and, you know, however, and be able to give pinpoint accurate information about a person's physical ailment. Was he tapping into uh, the Akashic records? Was he able to transfer his energy into the conscious of that person's subconscious mindset and be able to recall information directly coming from the body? What was the means, methodology of him being able to attain this information that I think completely would be shocking to the average person.
1: Well, it, it was an evolution. I mean, um, it, over time, he, like all of us, whatever we pursue, if we're, we're trying to learn to swim, we become better swimmers with practice. Um, he initially started with, with hands-on healing. Um, this was actually before Reiki uh, came to this country. And he was very successful with that. And then little by little, he learned radiesthesia to work with a pendulum, and from there, then he started getting these visits from spirit guides from who were doctors who were dead, and they would come and they would sort of uh, – it was like a correspondence school. They would educate him on medicine, and when patients came, the, these doctors would actually work on the patients. Um, I think it's important to note my father never charged anybody for this, um, so it's not like – I think if, if he were alive today, a lot of people – Seem to make a lot of money off of this and, and they come out with 10 CD sets and all of that. But he, he just felt this was a gift and he wanted to share it. And most importantly, he really wanted to teach doctors, uh, not to, not to take away from their training or, or prescribing drugs, but to say, look, here's another tool in your toolkit. And because your machines, don't forget when he was doing this, there were no such things as MRIs or CAT scans. So there was, uh, if they thought you had cancer, they would have to do exploratory surgery and cut you open and poke around in there. They didn't even have the ability to take an MRI. And and, and he could see into the body through the pendulum and through his various psychic talents. Um, and he really wanted to teach. He felt it was teachable. He wanted to teach doctors so that they could advance themselves and advance the field of medicine and help more people. That was really his goal while he was here on Earth. And, and actually, is, it's his goal
0: today, too. Is, so you're still working with him, right? Are you still in regular contact with him?
1: Yes. Um, I uh, I take dictation from him uh, in the evening and, and sit down and uh, talk to him. And if he needs to reach me, what he does is he, um, he just tickles the, the, the edge of my ear as if there's a mosquito there. And I just know it's him. And it's like, okay, um, what is it that you want to tell me? And it's very interesting because when I was writing the book, and if people go to the website Walking Through Walls, um, the book, there's a lot of artifacts from my father there. There's there's examples of his dictation of the spirit, but there's also uh, there's a picture of a little tiny chart that he drew of his face, and there's these little pinpoints all over, you see the nose and the eye, but there's these little pinpoints there, and there's names next to it, and <clears throat> those names were the various uh, spirit doctors that would contact him, and that was the way he knew they would tap under his right eye or on his left nostril, and he'd say, oh, Dr. Hahn is here, or Chanderson is here, and he knew that who he was talking to that way, and so he, I guess he's done the same thing with me by just tickling the, the tip of my earlobe.
0: It would be awesome to have him be featured on the radio show. I was wondering, maybe we should, if we came up with 10 different questions, and if you next time we talk with them say, look, you know, it's a national radio show. We'd love to have you on. I think it would be such a cool addition to the to the shows that we're already doing.
1: <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's, that's a great idea because uh, I do, as I mentioned to you when we talked the other day, um, I do talk with him. There's a very gifted medium um, that I was very, very fortunate to be introduced to, um, named Patricia Michelle, and uh, she has been very helpful in having very extensive and extended conversations with him. And we talk the way you and I are talking. And he talks about his work today, and it's he's he's working in the etheric realm really to help raise the vibrations and to 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 help dispel darkness and to also educate doctors and and make us more intuitive so his work continues um, and it's interesting when when we talked to him whether he wanted to ever come back and he said no i'm I, i'm too busy here i do not want to come back so um, but yeah it's it's great it's 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 both very comforting and very inspiring to to have that access
0: i think it's amazing i mean the, the kind of access you have is probably a, a dream for anyone who's lost someone very close to them you know yes. we we interviewed psychic mediums we've interviewed with people who've had near-death experiences the indication that we get is that the spirit evolves it grows it goes beyond the earth plane it goes somewhere else and the idea that we've talked to people who've had near-death experiences apparently it's very difficult for a person who has died to communicate with a person who's living apparently there's so much um, resistance or things they have to go through yet you seem to do it with ease and I was wondering Have you ever gotten any insight from your father or other people you've talked with as to why it could be challenging for people, for the living and the dead, to communicate with each other, why there is some kind of barrier, why it is not just as easy as picking up the phone and speaking to someone?
1: Um, I don't know if this came from him, but it's something I feel I just know, and that is that when you cross over and you're free of your body, And you're, you're in an energetic spirit realm. You are, you are, you are operating at such a high vibrational, uh, frequency. And on earth, everything is like, it's, it's mass and, and it's, it's, uh, there's gravity, there's density. So it's very difficult for them to, um, to basically uh, power down, let's put it that way, to lower their vibrations to a rate where they can, they can come in, uh, cause they're, they're at such a very high vibrating frequency and talk to us. And one of the ways both that I've experienced a great deal, my father would experience it, and it's, it's in, it's in all the books about, about, um, spirits and psychics is for, for whatever reason, spirits are very comfortable coming in um, and uh, impacting electricity, that is very easy for them. So, for example, um, the lights, my father had this um, spirit guide named Arthur Ford, and Arthur uh, very quickly was a very interesting medium back in the uh, 20s and 30s. <laughs> he would hold seances at, at Carnegie Hall, and he was the guy that um, decoded the, the, the code that Houdini left behind, for his widow, it was, it was numbers, words, and phrases. And Houdini said, if anybody ever translates this for you, it means I'm communicating with you from, from the dead. Um, because he had gone to spirit, uh, guides and mediums his whole life and really felt they were all charlatans, but he left this code for his wife, Bess. And it was Arthur Ford in the twenties who, who broke this. And Arthur went on to become this very famous medium and travel. He worked for Gloria Swanson. He was big in Hollywood, big in Europe. Um, my father, when Arthur died, my father would take dictation from Arthur. When we'd be in a restaurant, we'd be dri- driving on the highway, and all of a sudden the lights would blink three times, and my father would say, "Oh, Arthur's here. Just a minute." And he'd pull over the car. <laughs> if we're in a restaurant, he'd pull out a pad and he'd start writing down things that Arthur was telling him. Sometimes, if I was present, because I was A bratty kid at 16. There would be things about me that I had just done and, and there I am confronted with this. But, but the point being is that Arthur would affect the electricity. And I know when my mom crossed over, sometimes at two, three o'clock in the morning, all the lights in my apartment would just, would just go on. And, um, I mean, there was no other explanation and she was just, you know, showing up. But for whatever reason, electricity is very easy for spirits
0: to manipulate,
1: and it's a lot easier as a signal uh, to let us know rather than basically implanting their thought in our thoughts.
0: Wow. So if you see lights flickering, there's a certain – I'm wondering if a person – if it is wise for a person to develop Morse code, learn Morse code, and ask the spirit to communicate with Morse code. (laughs)
1: It, it, it's you know everybody has their own like like my father tickling my earlobe everybody has their own methodology and their own way to communicate. It's interesting when I was talking to Patricia after a couple uh, the medium after a couple sessions. I said you know you're phenomenal and with all due respect these are my parents and given the way that I grew up shouldn't shouldn't I be communicating with them? And she said yes. So um, she showed me several techniques, and she sort of brought me along a little bit quicker than I would have gotten there myself. Um, but, you know, I don't know that everybody can do it, but I think everybody can do it um, uh, because those spirits. My father would uh, – one of the messages I think he had from Arthur Ford explaining um, what it's like, he said, you know, in those old detective shows where you would see the – the um, you know, the cop inside questioning the criminal and it was a two-way mirror and outside the detective would be watching the cross-examination. Arthur told my father that that's how it is for us. We're on the other side of this two-way mirror and we're watching you on earth and it's just, we're right there. I mean, it's just that we're at a different energy plane than you are. It's not like we've gone you know, up way into the heavens, we're right there. Uh, but they can also travel wherever they want to travel.
0: That's pretty awesome. Now, uh, by thought, you mentioned the lower uh, that they're at such a high density, of vib- that a high vibration. That's why it's difficult for them to communicate. I'm wondering if a person dies who has a lot of emotional weights kind of bearing down upon them, or they were a very negative individual,
1: mm. and their
0: vibration is actually pretty, um, I don't know, kind of slower, if you want to call it that But They have a lot of things, unresolved issues. Mm-hmm. Does that actually mm-hmm. increase their chances of being able to communicate with a person who is alive because even in spirit they're at a slower density of vibration?
1: No, I think that what they have to do um, is work through that first. Um, they, have, they have to work through, uh, you know, you can call it karma. They have to work through uh, their sort of misdeeds, here on earth and it was interesting my father when he would diagnose people and he he felt that all disease basically began um it, not in the brain but in how you saw yourself and it was all self-created and you choose how to create this disease and it's it's not random so for example um and he would use the box flower remedies because the box flower remedies uh Dr. Bach was a was a surgeon in England, and he felt it was really bad to just keep cutting people up, and you know people were dying, and you know there were bad results from the surgery. So he went out into the fields in England, and the flowers would just start talking to him in a way, and he would pick them, and he would use these flowers to correct people's attitudes. Uh, They may have lack of self respect or they may have negative thoughts like you were talking about these people. And uh so he would use these he would distill them almost homeopathically and he would give these remedies to people. So my father would use some of Dr. Bach's work. So if some woman came in with let's say breast cancer, um, he would use his pendulum and he'd he'd look at he would do let's say a psychological assessment in the space of two, three minutes using Dr. Bach's um, flower remedies in his charts and he'd assess this woman and he'd, he'd say something like, you know, you're, I, I, you're, you're very angry at your father and somehow this is tied in with, with your cancer. Does this make any sense to you? And, you know, maybe they, she would say no. And then he would look down and he'd determine a date. He says, this is all tied in with 1953. He would get the date through the pendulum. And I guess she had buried this information, and she'd say, well, 1953 was when my father sexually molested me. And she says, I buried it so deep I don't think about it. He says, well, this is this is the origin of your cancer, and we need to clean up that thought. We need to get that anger um, and that fear, and we have to elevate the, the this, this negative thinking in your head and, and change it to positive, and it will allow us to go in and help heal this cancer a lot quicker, because as long as you hold on, he would call it the memory of the memory, these negative thought forms in your head, you're going to create imbalance in the body and disease. So uh, he, he would work through this, and he would, he would get cures that way. But I think that someone who has that anger or misdeed who's, who's transferred over um, they need to clean that up first, so it's, it's not going to be uh, a path to communication to people on this earth.
0: Uh, and
1: it, th- Is that the answer to your question? You know, it, is, it, it, is it is the
0: answer, and just to, to discuss a little bit more about your father who regularly communicates with you, I've, I have some understanding, at least we've talked to certain people before, they say when a person dies, some of them may want to go on to another life. They may decide, okay, I've done mm-hmm. this life, let's go to the next one. And if they go to the next one, does that resonance of who they were, does that completely leave that completely disappear? Because I, I'm sure that I'm not the only person who has this issue that I try to communicate with people, loved ones who are no longer with us. And I, know, I just don't feel like I'm getting a response sometimes, like, hey, you know, give me a sign. And don't really get a sign, so I'm wondering if they've gone to another life. And I guess there's a two-part question to That is, is your does your father still feel like he's completing the work that he started when he was in the physical body, that he's going to stay at the frequency, um, at the frequency that he's in right now for a prolonged period of time, if not for all of eternity?
1: Okay. Um... The, the way – one of my father's uh, spirit guides and master physician was this guy named <clears throat> Sen, who was a who was a monk uh, in Tibet in the 14th century. And one of the things and one of the messages that I had – and it, it might be on the website because I reproduced some of these there. Um, the way Chander Sen explained spirit and consciousness was, was really simple. He says, if you look at the ocean and it's vast, and then you take a cup – and you, you scoop out a cup of ocean water, the ocean is still there. That, that cup of water that you now have is, is also the ocean. And then you pour out half that cup into another container. That other container also is the ocean. So he says this is the same thing as to how um, my, our, spirits, our spirit is in that we are this vast energetic field and we can go back, parts of us will go back onto planet Earth and take on another uh, life form or body. But, but also part of us remains sort of in the, in the energetic spirit world, and we're also working. And that's why, in a way, we are. once we sort of elevate ourselves, we're connected not only to this life, our past lives, and, and future lives all at once, because it's the same ocean.
0: Uh, and have you ever gotten an indication from your father? By the way, you know I said I just realized we haven't even uh, fully identified who your father was since the beginning of the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Phil Smith's father Sorry. is Lou Smith. It's Lou Smith, and I want to again give you the website. It's walkingthroughwallsthebook.com. dot And Phil actually reached out to, to us about four years ago, and he told about the show. This is uh, probably the first within the first year of us doing the show and the book was absolutely fascinating i'd say i, I still have it on the bookshelf at the top of the bookshelf and it's just amazing so um philip thank you for reaching out to us but um with regards to your um, to your father i mean how many lives do you think he's probably impacted over the course of many years and mm. do people still contact you and reach out to you about him
1: uh, yes they do and uh when he when he developed this ability, which was in the 60s, and he would get arrested for practicing medicine without a license, even though he never touched anybody, never prescribed, he never charged. They, it was so oppressive back then, and um, they thought he was a communist, they thought he was a devil, and they would arrest him. So he became a, an ordained minister so that when he'd go into a hospital and he was healing someone from leukemia, um, and they would come and say, hey, who are you, what are you doing? He could say, I'm, 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 I'm performing a prayer service, and they would leave him alone. So in terms of the numbers, I'm saying this because he, everybody he healed, he asked to write a testimonial letter to him, not so that he could show off, but the outside world at the time was telling my father, hey, you're a crazy man. You need to be locked up. You're dangerous. So he collected these letters from people to basically leave a record and say, look, I'm not crazy. Um, I-, I had this gift, and I try to help people, and here are the results. I mean, people write in, and, and their baby was deaf, and they take them to the doctor, and all the tests indicate that the baby is never going to hear again. And then they contact my father, and my father helps them, and, and they go back to the hospital, have the baby's hearing tested, and it's normal. So he impacted, uh, I would say, thousands and thousands of lives. And also, again, back then, because he had to operate somewhat covertly so that he didn't keep getting arrested, I think today um, he could have helped so many more people because people are much more receptive,
0: much more open to this. And I think that what he's doing. He had millions of people on his YouTube channel.
1: Um, he didn't have a YouTube channel, but there was no such thing. as. No, I'm YouTube saying, no, but if there. he did today,
0: he would, he would have, he probably have a YouTube channel. Oh, yes, yes, followers.
1: absolutely. Yeah, no, it would be, um, and he would be helping so many people. And I think that um, he would be teaching people as well uh, how, how to access their own gifts. And <clears throat> one of the things that he's repeatedly asked me, especially in my sessions with Patricia, um, he said, you have all my papers, you have all my recordings. Um, I taught you what I did. And he says, I need you to write a book for people um, so that people learn how to do this and, and heal themselves or heal others because your planet needs so much healing. And he also talked about the doctors. He said, look, the machinery can only go so far. And, for example, um, if, let's say, an MRI or a CAT scan detects a tumor, okay, well, great, um, you know, they'll do radiation, they'll do, they'll do surgery. But where did that tumor come from? Because you think about the miraculous state of the body and what it does every second of the day. Your heart is beating, your eyes are seeing. Your eyes are seeing in 3D. We go in, to the movies and put on 3D glasses to watch Avatar, some 3D movie, and we go, wow, far out, this is cool, this is 3D. We see 3D every day. Um, so this body is miraculous, so what what makes it sick? And um, he he wanted to help people, and I think that if we can train people to be more conscious, to be more cognizant, to avoid these lower vibration, um, self-defeating thoughts, I think we can beat a lot of disease a lot earlier. So if, if the tumor is showing up on the MRI, According to my father, that already manifested a long time ago uh, in the etheric body. And if the doctors were aware of an etheric body and could read an etheric body, we could catch disease before it manifests in the physical body. And we could avoid all this surgery and radiation and pharmaceuticals and just clean up the etheric body, which is how he worked a lot. So there's still there's a lot to do.
0: You mentioned you, you said your father said that the planet needs healing. What does it need healing from? I mean, is this has the Earth always been this bad? Because you know, if we take a little trek back in history, because I was watching this movie the other night, it was uh, Mel Gibson's Braveheart, and that's when they, they mm-hmm. really, you, you were bad. It's not like, well, you perceived to do something bad. It's not like they, they threw you in the prisons out there. They tortured you or they hung you, and it seems like mm-hmm. humans have been very brutal to each other over the course of various centuries, and I'm Wondering if we've made any progressive leaps forward when it comes to treating people better. But I guess from the casual observer, you could say the world is pretty dark. They, they do a lot of bad things.
1: What is, but I mean. It's a lot that, of bad things and there's a lot of good things. Yeah. And I think that, um, that what he's talking about, the healing is part of the evolutionary process so that we, we can move forward. We can stop, uh, torturing people. We can stop killing people. But, but. The, the healing that he's talking about in a way that I'm, I'm working on in, in this book is really, it's got to start with us. And and the healing has to start with us because I think if we optimize our vibrational state, our frequency state, um, <clears throat> I think if we're more energetic, first of all, we, we become immune to the negativity around us. We sort of, it bounces off of us. And third, we, we influence people in a very positive way so I think that's in one way that he's talking about he doesn't expect everybody to go out and start um, diagnosing and healing tumors but we all need healing within ourselves to to become more whole and to, to, to really enjoy this life better and to make more use of this very precious life that we have.
0: One of my greatest teachers taught about saying that this life was a journey from ego to, to self, a journey away from the ego-based body to the true nature of self. I think it sounds like a really cool idea, the idea that, you know, you kind of don't be, you're not necessarily bound by the animalistic instincts of the body. And Right. You know, you go to your spirit. But there's one thing, um, it, it takes a different direction because in some organized religions, they they pretty much kind of cut off the body's natural instincts. They say, well, don't have sex, don't drink, don't do these do certain things that I guess the body would naturally crave. What's the fine line between suppressing your natural humanistic uh, animalistic desires and gaining control of them to the point where you're not going to be brought down to a low vibrational frequency by being chained to their uh, natural instincts.
1: I think that it, it's, it, I mentioned this in the book and it's, it's something my father applied to everything in his life. Um, and that is, he would always ask this question, um, is this for the highest good? So um, in other words, if you, if let's say you're talking about sex, if someone wants to have sex with an underage person, is this for the highest good? The answer is no, because you're going to really traumatize this person. And it, and by creating that trauma, you're going to um, you're going to create bad karma for yourself. So, um, and if you know certain religions prohibit you from drinking, and I think that if you say, "Is this for the highest good?" Uh, you know, uh, alcohol is a natural product, and and it, it, I think also there's a lot of difference here, ways to look at it, because there's there's man-made laws, and then there are universal or God-made laws, and you know, a lot of these, these, uh, these religious ideas are man made and they really have nothing to do with, with God. And I think that as, at the end of the day, um, whether it's, you know, meatless Fridays or all of that's really nice, but if you think about it, God is really busy and um, uh, he's got the whole, he or she's got the whole universe to manage. I don't think he's going to punish you or be really upset. Um, if if a Jewish person eats pork or a Muslim person eats pork or you eat you eat meat on Friday because these are these are man made, um, in my opinion. Other people may have other opinions. So um, I, I think that it's and if you follow the rule of is this for the highest good, I think it, it'll go a long way in refining your behavior.
0: And if you're gonna, did your father ever diagnose anyone? that period to, to be taken over being possessed I'm wondering if your father ever gave any insight about why a person uh, would need an exorcism or would, would be dem- possessed by a darker creature what causes a person to have that happen and to take it a step further I was wondering if the um, that possession that that person that may that seems to be taken over by entities actually being taken over maybe by one of their past lives that they haven't been able to settle, and, and that unresolved matter actually is taking over their current, present-day life.
1: Yeah, um, there, there's a chapter in, in the book, um, um, the old book, Walking Through Walls, not the new one I'm working on, uh, about, about possession. Um, it was something that my father <clears throat> would diagnose frequently, and um, the people doing, it's, it's pretty simple to understand, the people doing the possessing, are people who have died often in a violent way through a murder or through suicide or drug overdose. And they, they weren't ready to leave or they, they had such strong ego that um, they they're hanging around and they're in this limbo. um, And they they are not, you know, they weren't met by, by family members and they didn't cross through the tunnel and see the light. They're, they're hanging around and um, they're really angry about, about, uh, being dead. So what they do is they hang around and they find someone who's vulnerable and then they get in there and start running the show and they they get a body and they, you know, they like to think that they're alive. And the, the people that they um, pop into are people who have very low vibrations. They could people who are very sick, who've been taking medication, who've been drinking a lot, um, um, who are taking drugs, you know, these people who who uh, drink a lot or take drugs, and uh, a lot of times, you know, their neighbors or their family members will say, oh, he he or she goes off, um, they're unmanageable, they're crazy, I, you know, who would do such a thing like jump off a bridge like that or who would do such a thing to, to kill this person? A lot of times these people have been possessed by dark entities who are not able to resolve their own life and their own death. Um, and my father in the book somewhere, my father had a little yellow card with a prayer on it that he would hand out to people and he would ask them to say this prayer. And it's basically, um, it raises your vibration, but it's also releasing this, this dark entity in you and sending them on, on their way. And there are times that, um, <clears throat> when people have unexplained illnesses, um, and they're behaving in such a way, and they go to the doctor, and the doctor runs, you know, 8 million tests and can't find anything wrong, and yet the person is still behaving in a certain way or experiencing certain conditions, you know, and and they've exhausted everything, and they've thrown medications, and they've thrown tests at this person. A lot of times it could be possession, and um, it's not such a strange idea. And, you know, traditional societies have had this idea of people – you know, the devil jumped in or something. And that's not far from the mark. So, uh, and again, it's very important to, you know, raise your vibrations, stay at a very energetic level. If you're in an environment that you feel uh, that is dark, you've got to get out of there and you've got to protect yourself. Um, there are times I, I, I'm in a situation and I just, it could be 85 degrees out and I just start shivering uncontrollably. Wow. And I can tell that I'm in a really bad, I mean, uh, you, you'll put six sweaters on me, and I, I can't stop shivering. And it's because there's just really bad energy in that place. And I, I, I just now learn I got to get out of there um, because they'll, they'll get to me. And you know these dark, these dark energies, they, they like light, so they're often attracted to people that are emanating a lot of light.
0: But wouldn't they kind of bounce off their energy if the person's got a lot of light and they're strong and they've got a lot of golden resonance in them, if you want to call it that? Wouldn't it be difficult for them to latch onto you?
1: Yeah, generally, but 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 they like you know it's it's attractive to them, and so they're they're gonna they're gonna hang around and try and get to you. You can generally uh, avoid it, um, but they're you know listen, things happen. Um, but generally, yes, you are correct.
0: Right. And well, I'd say this is something that our listeners have probably heard me talk a few times before, but I want to bring it to your attention and see if it makes any sense to you if you re- real with it. Sometimes, if I'm feeling like I've got um, some negative en- energies on me. I actually look to try to find somebody who's very negative and I try to walk up to them and try to bump into them. And I, when I bump into them, I feel like the energy jumps off me and j- goes right to them. It sounds, or I mean, I may mean, have said an active look at that, but it does happen. And I feel like sometimes uh, the energy will, will jump on a person who's got a different vibration. I'm wondering if you've ever heard that before. I call, you call it like an etheric vaccination. Is that, um... um, I
1: haven't heard specifically that, but, but my father would talk about people who were, um, very high high energy and that you know they were sitting next to someone who was a real, you know, downer. Um and they started experiencing migraines and they started it. so yes, I think it does happen. I don't know about the, the bumping. I mean I just I just tell them you're not wanted here and you've got to go to the next plane. Um and I, I just get them out of my life. Um but but that's an interesting idea. I've never heard of it.
0: You know, it's it's happened quite a bit. I mean, even what and it's as if, like, when I bumped into a person and I felt really bad, like, the the negative energies kind of instantaneously went away. It's almost as if they found a better host. They found a person that Mm. could probably resonate with more than some And But I think I have a slight possession going on, and I'll explain how. Because every night about 3 o'clock in the morning, I want to go to the refrigerator, and I I don't even realize I'm doing it. Um,
1: But, yeah, it could be – it could also be – something as simple as the, the way your liver starts to kick out or need sugar at 3 o'clock in the morning because of what you ate at 7. So um, we'll, we'll, we can take a look at that. Sure.
0: I mean, I, I really don't have spirit guides. I mean, I, I try to reach out to the spirit guides so if there's somebody who's kind of possessed me, I kind of like, well, hey, I welcome the company. At least, you know, at least somebody's talking back to me. So <laughs> I'm okay. Hey, you know, spirit guides are there. But uh, going back to um, you, I have to say that when you told me today that you're in 12 different museums and I went to your site, it's amazing. Again, the website for Phil's art is philipsmithart.com That is 1L. Your, your paintings are beautiful and they're amazing. And Thank you. I'm curious, for all of these paintings that you've done, is there a certain frequency that you've tried to incorporate into each one? Why do you think that your paintings have captivated millions of people and have been put in 12 different museums.
1: Um, you know, I, I, uh, my father also painted, and uh, he considered um, artists to be like magicians because artists take ideas out of the air, and they, they suddenly manifest them and, and, and make them – you know, art, art doesn't serve any purpose. You can't sell it. You can't eat it. I mean, you can sell it, but you can't, you know, you can't build a house with it, et cetera. It's, it's this intangible thing. And it's basically someone's heart and soul that comes onto the canvas, sometimes negative, sometimes positive. But in the, in the Tibetan tradition, um, the, the monks paint these things called uh, uh, tankas, and they may be pictures of Buddha but, uh, and Buddhist life. And you say, oh, that's a pretty picture of Buddha. But the monks instill a kind of uh, intention in these paintings, and the idea is that by sitting in front of these tankas, you can receive a blessing, you can receive enlightenment. Um, they have an energy that that guides you. And I think very early on, um, I had I had this idea that that um, I didn't want to paint things that were negative. I wanted to paint very high vibrational uh, ideas or concepts that were beautiful and attractive to, to people. And when they lived with them, they would be a kind of uh, silent guardian in their life. And I think that, um, listen, I'm not a Tibetan monk, but I think that I, I've accomplished that. And uh, I think people live with the paintings, and they they mean a lot to them. And that's one way that um, I do – my healing is, is through through the paintings, and my father's acknowledged that. Um, uh, but he wants me to do uh, he wants me to do more of the things that he did, and, and actually physically help people more. So I'm trying to sort of do more of that as well. So well,
0: um, we're definitely going to come I, back to the question about the quote your father. But it's going back um, when you looked at some of your paintings. I highly encourage uh, people to look at some of the paintings that you've done in the 70s and 80s and if you hold a stare and you actually look at one of these pictures and hold it, I think it'll probably make it feel really good and something comes to my mind apparently if you focus your attention and energy on something whether it's positive or negative because we're all part of one universal frequency and consciousness my understanding is that apparently we become that energy and by looking at some of these pictures they all seem to have this element of, of, of calmness and I think it's Mm. it's interesting that you're able to put these out there and they have a lot of information in there. Is there any particular painting that you've done that you think is a portal or gateway into a person's higher evolution or a portal or gateway into an expedited evolution?
1: Mm. You ask such great questions. That's why I like talking to you. Uh, I I remember that from last time. Uh, Thank you. Um, uh, uh, There are times when I'm making the painting that I do feel that – Um, uh, that I've gone somewhere else, I have gone somewhere else in the painting, and I hope that affects other people. And for me, in many ways, the the paintings are living things. They're almost like tarot card readings because there are all these images. And there are times maybe that I'm in a place in my life and I'm not quite sure what's going on. And as I'm painting, um, I guess I'm I'm working out that situation. When I'm done with the painting, I start reading it, uh, and I thought, oh, that's what's going on. So I, I do think that there's a lot of psychic energy um, in, in, in these paintings, and I think they're, they're they're very energetic that way. I don't know – I haven't thought about the portal idea, but you know what? I'm about to start painting again. I'm going to work on that. It's a great idea.
0: It's, it's also just, I mean, looking at them, if you – because I do a lot of work with like Photoshop, and I also do a, I see a lot of images. It's just like the, the structures the way they are. But if you look at some of these ones, especially, they make you feel calm right mm-hmm. away. And then if you look at the photographs, um, these, essentially, the first other paintings in this section like right here, that's the photographs, and you see the different colors. And we are going to do a show focusing a lot on, on color and effects on, um, spirit. But the the blues and the greens and the yellows you've incorporated in there, it seems they all give you a different feeling. And I think it's wonderful, Mm. the photographs. um,
1: Well, my father did a lot of – he also used color healing uh, a lot. And the frequency – he would send uh, the energy of yellow or the energy of a certain uh, red to people to help heal them um, and surround them. Because, you know, your your auras are made of colors, and and we do – um, we, we can't see it with our eyes, but we're, we're emitting all these um, electromagnetic signals all the time. And in, at certain frequencies, just like we can only see within certain spectrums with our with our eyes, there's all these other spectrums out there that we just – the machinery in our eyes is not attuned to see. And so he used a lot of color healing, and I think that that could be a really interesting uh, show. Um, uh, oh, speaking of shows, I wanted since since last time we spoke, um, Showtime had, had uh, acquired the book and they were working on a uh, television series, and it went on for a couple of years and we decided to go in separate directions and now I'm working with with a, with a great uh, crew of new people and we're taking this idea and, and uh, we finished the pilot script. We, we want to do a show because uh, I think the idea is it'll be, my father was a really, and my mother, they were really fascinating people. Um, and I think it'll be enjoyable for that reason. But we want to sort of find a way to entertain, but also spread the message and get people open their minds, get more and more curious about the fact that we all have these other abilities and that life can be much more resonant and much fuller if we sort of open up and attune to all these energies that are around us and incorporate them in our lives. So hopefully that's going to get produced soon, and I think it will help a lot of people.
0: Well, That's wonderful. And Is it possible to get a, a preview or to get some ideas of what's going to be in the next book that you're working on with your father as far as the tools and techniques That'll be in there that that, uh, that he'll be teaching doctors and that people can learn because i I can't wait for this book to come out I mean just <laughs> I'm really excited i'm so cu- so curious about it and as soon as the book comes out I swear we'll have you on the show right away I would love to talk to you about it the whole big special on it um
1: thank you um well i'm I'm basically going to i'm I'm trying to make the book uh, very easy to read uh so that people don't feel that they're you know, overwhelmed by an encyclopedia because um, a lot of it can be can get very detailed information. I'm trying to keep it uh, very light so people can move through the book and, and acquire things uh, pretty easily. Uh, I set the stage and then I talk about the pendulum, which was really, and radiesthesia and dowsing, which was my father's major, major tool. And, um, it's kind of like, uh, for people don't know how to use a pendulum or, or it's, it's a little bit, I guess the analogy would be like a lie detector test. And the idea is that you're able to, um, you know, get information that you can't see or you can't hear, but get information because that information's out there in the world. It's, it's in what they would call the Akashic records or the, the more energetic fields. And, um, because we're all we're all sensitive, we're all psychic, we, we have all these abilities, but we haven't always developed them. So the idea is that this, this will be a book where you can start to develop these abilities for yourself and how far you take them is really up to you. Hopefully you apply them first to your own life and you become a much more conscious person, much more sensitive to the things that are around you, and then you can start using them to help heal people to help diffuse anger, to, to help change situations in your life, um, that sort of thing. That's that's sort of where I'm at at this point in, in writing the book.
0: Excellent. Mr. Philip Smith, world-renowned artist and author of the phenomenal book, Walking Through Walls, a memoir, and also a metaphysical teacher. Philip, thank you so much for being with us today. You learn more about Mr. Smith by going to two of the websites, which is walkingthroughwallsthebook.com through and philipsmithart.com That's one L and Philip. Mr. Smith, great honor to have you back on the show, sir. And I've such a great time to have you with us today.
1: And Ryan, you're, you're just—it's always such an enormous pleasure. You're you're such a such a wise, tuned-in person, and it's great to have this conversation with you
0: okay everyone that concludes today's edition of the out of limits of Inner truth radio show special thanks to our amazing guest mr phil smith and special thanks as always to our virtues miss carrie o'connor miss lisa casa and miss Constance stella to learn more about the out of limits of it truth radio show please go to our website at out till the next time we meet my friends wishing upon you an abundance of peace love and fears. take care and thank you so much for listening Hello, this is Ryan, host and executive producer of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Here today to tell you about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, psychic medium, psychic empath Lisa Kaza, and Astro Fedom All three of these individuals are powerful metaphysical seers, teachers. I love talking to them, and I think you should talk to them as well. Psychic medium Carrie O'Connor, which you can find her at CarrieOConnor.com provide a lot of insight on your life she visually sees spirits she can tell you all kinds of great information facilitate communication with your loved ones awesome check her out CarrieOcada.com then you've got the astrophenom, Ms. Constance Stellis you lay out your birthday she'll tell you about where your chart is where you're headed to some of the things you can predict, whether or not you're in astrological compatibility with that uh, Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful you're currently dating. See if that can happen. A little about, more about Ms. Constancellis by going to her website at Constancellis.com. And then, of course, we have Psychic Empath Miss Lisa Kaza at lisakaza.com. Lisa Kaza is so amazing. She's direct, straightforward, going to give you the straight, honest truth. she provides provide a tremendous amount of insight into where you're going And what are some of your biggest decisions? Lisa is very unique, hard-hitting, powerful. Lisa Kaza, Constance Ellis, Carrie O'Connor, all virtues that you can hear on a regular basis on the Outer Limits 72 radio show. I've talked to 75 psychic mediums or more plus in my life. I think these three individuals stand out. They are amazing. I love them to death. Be sure to contact them and learn more about all of them by going to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com.
1: Goldman McCormick PR also are a specialist in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com
0: for more information. GoldmanMcCormick.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.